Hi, this is Bobby May from Burger Records, and you're listening to the Psychic Wave Podcast. I DJ every other Thursdays at 2J's Bar in Fullerton, Alpha Harbor. Come on down. Keep on listening. Thank you, folks. Hello, and welcome to the Psychic Wave Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Sanishin, and on this episode, we had Bobby May from Burger Records. I've bought many a record from Bobby uh, while shopping at Burger Records in Fullerton, and it was really fun talking to him because I got to hear his backstory about how he started working at Burger and how he got more involved with those dudes. And, uh, man, he's a great guy. He came in here and he had a whole bunch of records and he asked me if I had a turntable and if he could play some music. And I said, of course, because I love that shit. I love when people get passionate about something and show you, you know, what it is they've been obsessing over. He brought some records and played some music and shared some beers before we even started the podcast, pointed out some tunes, and we talked about some Neil Young, and man, such a cool dude. But you can tell he really cares about the music, and that's, I think, one of the reasons why people gravitate so strongly towards Burger Records. Uh, You walk into that shop, and you see the same dudes, same dudes rummaging through crates, Uh, pricing new records that they just bought from somebody else at a yard sale, or who knows. But those dudes all seem to really care about the music, and uh, I was very honored to have Bobby May come through. Uh, We tried to hook it up for a while, but he's a busy man, and I finally got him in, and uh, he did not fail to disappoint. Or wait, no. (laughs) Wait, is that the right term? I don't know, man. It's way too early for me. I mean, it's not early for me, but I haven't had my coffee I'm sitting here at the desk uh, that we had the podcast at on Tuesday morning uh, doing this intro thing, and yeah, my brain's not working right. My brain's not working right at all. So after this, I'm probably going to go get some coffee and uh, start doing my daily shit. But it was really fun, is what I was trying to say. It was just really fun to have Bobby May uh, over here and to, you know, get a little bit deeper look at what he's about and what he has going on. And after the podcast, we went over to the Continental Room because his friend was playing in a band that was playing that night, and that was super fun. Uh, I got to see some old faces uh, that I haven't seen for a while at the Continental Room. Miguel, I'm talking about you, a friend of mine who just moved to L.A., super happy for him, but he was actually DJing that night, which was really cool. Didn't expect to see him. And yeah, man, I don't know what else is going on. I upgraded the podcast a little bit. I got more mics and uh, a headphone amp and a few things, but just kind of trucking along, you know, knocking out the podcast as soon as I can. Uh, The video has been taking a few more days than usual, but that's because the video quality has gotten a lot better uh, thanks to Tess taking more footage. And so there's more footage to, to you know, f- file through and edit and upload and it takes a little bit longer. But I'm still doing the the audio part of the podcast, pretty much getting it up the next day, which is exciting for me. You get to do a podcast and the very next day you get to go over it and send it out to the world. But yeah, I learned a lot about uh, Bobby and Burger Records and uh, Audacity and Bud Overdose. And man, it's just, it's great having another Fullerton local tell you so much about the city that you don't know about. (laughs) So uh, I don't really have locational pride, but it is fun to hear stories from people who have shared the same environment. And uh, I think that's what was super exciting, you know, having somebody reaffirm little nuances about the place that you grew up, and yeah, I mean, Fullerton's been good to me, and I think Fullerton's been good to Bobby, it's a, it's a nice town, I don't get why people trash on it, but I also don't get why uh, people, you know, get super prideful, I guess if you went to college here, I'm being an asshole, if you went to college here, I'm sure this this town means a lot to you, or if this is where you bought your first home, or I don't know, there's a lot of reasons to have locational pride, I guess, but locational pride is usually based on nostalgia, and although I love nostalgia, it can be a bitch, it can hurt, and uh, 
I've been doing this podcast a little over a year now, and I'm already getting nostalgic of a bunch of shit, and I don't like it. I don't like to feel nostalgic. Makes me sad. I also do like feeling sad, though, but it's okay. Anyway, folks, you're going to really enjoy this podcast. Uh, Without further ado, the wonderful Bobby May. Westworld. Was that 10 seconds? It was about. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't matter. That Westworld episode went by so fast, man. But yeah, what I did um, yesterday, which I never do, so I went with... Test to a dispensary because they don't really smoke weed Which, anymore. Did you go to the church? Ch- yeah, yeah. The church, the church. Welcome to Fullerton. And um, that was, you know, I'd been in dispensaries before. I had my med card when I was 18 and stuff like that. But so I got some weed because I'd never really smoke. Mm-hmm. And I have been working really hard. Like this weekend, technically, I didn't even have a weekend. And so yesterday I got home, finished some stuff, and I was like, I'm going to smoke a little bit of weed, have some beers. Order some Domino's. Hell yeah. And watch three to four episodes of Westworld. I catch up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was really fun. It was really that, fun. That was your break for the week. That was like Yeah, that was my break. Was like, that was much needed. This. Hell yeah. I love Sunday night shows. I've always, I used to do Walking Dead and then like I didn't have cable anymore. And then, but now my house watches Westworld and mm-hmm. we, we all watched it last night. It's the night best, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm so lost. I'm you know what's so funny? Really I actually lost. got super silly because when I first turned to 18, like Netflix started to become like a big thing and I got my first debit card like ever and I went home. My parents went like to go out to eat or something and i ordered Domino's, and i ordered this really specific pizza with buffalo s- or barbecue sauce instead of the marinara and then like chicken pineapple like bell peppers all this crazy stuff right and i remember just watching the walking dead and with my netflix account and that was the first subs- the thing that i ever bought with my debit card and i just remember that moment being so like young and stupid and innocent and so Yesterday when I ordered Domino's, I ordered that same pizza for the first uh, time in like six, seven years. And I, I don't know. Wait, how old? Just as good? Oh, man. It was yeah, a beautiful it was moment. It was really good. Stepping it was a really game. fun moment. That's awesome. But you got to do those silly little things. You got you to gotta unwind and watch some Westworld totally. and just like waste time. Honestly, now that I think the score kind of keeps me coming back to it. I really like mm-hmm. like the, that, that intro theme is super good. I've, I don't know whoever the name of the person who does it. But the score and the like, sometimes they do like the 90s pop songs. But like yeah, with the honky tonk Westworld thing. Yeah, some ragtime. Yeah, yeah. They, I know they did Black Hole Sun in the first yeah. season. And they did some, Radiohead. I feel like some. Did they? Oh, yeah. Did they, they do did that this season? That really yeah. Good. yeah. I love that. And you know what's crazy? It's actually a really, it's been a really good era for like theme songs. Yeah, yeah. Theme songs are coming back. I feel like people are respecting original soundtracks like in uh, in like a much higher level. Like it's definitely, I mean, we have a pretty massive section. Some of it's like mediocre stuff, but I know there's like tons of good stuff in there. At Burger Records in Fullerton, where your guest host, Bobby May, happens to work yep. for eight and a half years, uh, yeah. almost as long as it's been there. And uh, Yeah, I've noticed that. that uh, uh, people care. What, what, is it, what is it sectioned off as? Uh, it's just in soundtracks. So we got, soundtracks, So it's right. like that row right now, it's audiophile, private pressing, novelty, weirdness, then soundtracks A through Z. And Wait, there's you, an audiophile section? Yeah, for like the... Uh, is it all for, Steely Dan? No, I, w- <laughs> I, I took that shit, man. <laughs> I I'm, know. Uh, I am super surprised. I did actually bring a Steely Dan record tonight. I brought Katie Lied, which has oh. the song Dr. Wu, which yeah. I've been super obsessed about I lo- lately. That, that I went through a huge, with the huge thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. I also like Susie's or Susie's time on that one uh i i've listened wait, to wait, it wait, back no, and no, forth no, like Katie's so many times I'm Ka- it's, Ka- it's katie lied mm-hmm. and then it's uh it's uh Su- Susie's new york shoes or something like that so, uh Su- so, Su- wait, dude, no, wait wait no i got no, it right here no, I, I don't need to get my phone or nothing oh, wait where'd i put my phone anyways yeah, yeah, amazing album. Uh, it's a great album. I'm looking it up while you're talking. It took me a long time. Now I'm all old, you know. It took me like a while to get into Steely Dan, too, because Steely Dan uh, is kind of goofy from the outside. 
If you if you haven't really, you got pr- yeah, yeah. You got to really listen through, but it's it takes all a, my, much, a mature person to no, really appreciate the Dan. All my favorite, like really favorite bands, I didn't really like at first. Yeah, and then I like like MGMT is one of my favorites, and because they were on the radio so much when I was like in seventh grade, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, yeah, I'm not really into this, you know. Totally. And then I listened to a record with my dad on a road trip back from like uh salt lake city utah uh-huh. and i was like wait there's something here and then i listened at home again for like the third time i listened to oracular spectacular and i was like if oh I shit yeah, yeah. i love this band and that's like they're my anthem for everything totally you know? yeah yeah their deep They're tracks decent. are amazing i the, uh what they did right after that, I got another thing. Like it was too much on the radio, and like everybody at school was just taking like ecstasy and listening to MGMT. Like even like fucking popular that. kids, it was just like it felt weird. And I know they come from like a different place, like or something. You know, they 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 blew up quick. I, what was that? Yeah, congratulations! congratulations. I had that Siberian s- breaks. Woo! Oh my god! Woo! So by the way, that uh, was fire. That was. There's no song called Susie Anything on uh, uh, Katie Lied, but the, Bad my, Sneakers has, oh, bad sneakers and that good. that says the name Susie. Oh, is the brown? No, yeah, no, yeah, no this is my bag. He's looking for a bag. I'm he brought a bunch of feet. stuff. Oh, I found oh, he God, found it. Was at my feet. Oh my God! Only took me five minutes to wander away from the mic. But yeah, uh, the. Bad Sneakers so, has the name the, Susie in with it. With the Steely, like the liking Steely Dan thing. I, re- I remember when I was younger, like I, once I started to believe in rock and roll, the gospel or whatever, mm-hmm. like, and truly like just look towards that. Like it was like the rawness, the spontaneity and yeah. the craziness and like the raw, you know, you value rawness and Steely Dan's about as far away from rise you, you can get in some ways. I mean, because it's so well produced. Yeah. And those stash, like the set, like, they have like two different eras, like the first three albums. It's like Skunk Baxter, and which is like a, a, a doobie. Or, he goes on to like, be in the doobie, but oh. they're more. I feel like earlier on they're like rootsy, like that first LP. Yes. Um, I'll call uh, Radio Brainfire. Uh, uh, Radio it's, Brainfire. It's so good. Uh, be a really dirty good work. Name. Dirty work. Uh, my mind is racing too fast. It's okay. and, but, but Radio Brain Fart is a really good, <laughs> at least album name. Right. Yeah. Album name. EP, maybe. maybe EP, yeah, yeah, Radio yeah. Brain Fart. Super uncommercial L- yeah. EP, Radio Brain Fart. Well, I mean, y- you know, Steely Dan, I feel like people think it's kind of gimmicky from the outside, but I mean, all their hits, I mean, Reeling in the Years. Like, yeah, that's a camp, camp by a Thrill is the name of my head slow down. Camp mm-hmm. by a Thrill is the name of the album. Reeling in the Years is on that first yeah. LP. And that guitar oh work is so good. Oh my god. So good. And they have great voices and the session guys they played in, like Yeah. If you're not into session players, like and you haven't fa- found out like the Beach Boys was the wrecking crew or whatever right. yet, you know, it's like these session players really made a difference. They're not like some just like big shots in a castle. They were working harder than most of these musicians. Not yeah. not citing like slamming the writers or anything. Well, there's a creative songs, thing and then there's a utilitarian thing where it's like, can you utilize your skills and actually pull it off? And these guys, like session guys can do it. Yeah, yeah. Some, of them, think, some of them suck. I'm sure some of them do. But, but do you think, I mean, looking back, I view that, you know, the 70s had amazing session guys. The 80s did. The 90s might have had a few. Maybe I'm just not so familiar with it. But I really think 70s and 80s and late 60s had really good session guys. And I feel like we're in a session era now, too. We just maybe can't tell because we're in it right it's, now. It's, it's, Sorry, try to get more in front of the mic. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's super odd. I know, like, Nashville has its session yeah. thing. And arguably, yeah. like, I know we're, like, in our, our fringe or whatever, but that that's is huger than ever like yeah the modern country thing and i feel like a, it's got to be like a same guys on a lot of it yeah. you know and then but outside of that i feel like everybody's like so forced to do things them not forced i mean it's a liberty but to do things you know producers or whatever these mac you know these max martins these mega pop yeah, max, producers yeah, where it's like they build the track from scratch with either sa- samples or bringing in like i'm sure i know they bring in live musicians sometimes sure. but 
more it's like just, call sheet than like right. a, a solid sheet. group a of sheet. musicians. You know, That's, like, like yeah. Motown had session musicians. Right. Like, like the difference Muscle for Shoals, people that are different. listening don't yes. that don't like see the differences. There are musicians now that get called upon. That's why you said call sheet to like add, you know, some guitar stuff or some bass stuff. But uh, further in the past, there were like actual groups. When you hired ses- session musicians, you hired a band. You hired a whole group of people to come in and perform the record. You didn't just hire one guy and, you know, he played yeah. 30 seconds on a record. Arranger, producer. Yeah. It's a, a very romantic time for me. <laughs> but actually with the, the ease of home recording now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe everybody's just doing it from their house and not really... I'm, know, try- calling I, upon I'm trying to think like outside many genres. I mean, this weird thing that's going on with hip hop, whatever it is now, you know, it's, it's the biggest like, thing it's right like now, a, man. Or trap or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's it's different. It's very, you know, it's a, that's been sample based. So it's like hip hop has always been guys. sample based. So I'm trying to think outside the country, like where, if there are other genres really that having. I mean, I think when you're classical, but that's that's a little yeah, classical has always different. been that way. Yeah. The, like that's that's just how orchestras come together, but. I think, you know, when you get to be a big musician like Dan Auerbach. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, I'm pretty sure he calls upon whoever he wants to come play on his record. Do you know? He's got, no, a ton of people, too. That guy, those guys have been around. They're Akron, Ohio. Akron, Ohio band, Earthquaker, back to Gap Dream. I'm talking about all that early. Pre-roll. (laughs) Pre-roll. I love pre-rolls. Yeah. But yeah, so I think when you get to be that point, you can probably call in whoever you want. But Steely Dan's, I don't know any of this, so I'm asking you. Steely Dan, their first LP. Uh huh. How big were they before that came out? Not really. Did they have a pull? Like, could they get any musician they wanted? No, 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 no. I mean, the the first three albums, it's a band, like straight up out of a college dorm room. They put out like some weird soundtrack. Type uh, I don't know if it was like an imaginary film or a real film, uh, but they put out like the soundtrack thing that wasn't actually like super hot. But then they hired a singer because they thought they thought Donald Fagan couldn't sing good enough, which is ridiculous. What the hell were they thinking? But yeah, they had Denny Diaz and Skunk Baxter were like the guitar players, and they were like tour de force. Donald Fagan's like writing it's so like drug beatnik like yes. me- melancholy and i think that drew me more to it than i mean the the music is the the best background it could be but right. like those i've always been a real good sucker for a good song good lyrics yeah and depth you know i like the beats the obviously Man. like huge influence on me i've so. i've just Stuff. finished um it's druggy I mean, music. I've been on a binge. It's, with, it's high class druggy it's music. It's high class druggy <laughs> music. I've been on a real binge of, uh, you know, I was reading a lot of uh, Joan Didion and Patti Smith, and now I'm starting oh. to read Allen Ginsberg. Totally. Yeah, I saw I saw the Ginsberg and, book um, over there. You know, or even Anthony Bourdain, he had totally. talked in his first book, super beat. Kitchen Confidential. <laughs> he's, he's, super a, he's a beat, beat. dude. Yeah, yeah. No, very And stuff. he was talking about uh, Velvet Underground and just you know the New York thing. And, totally. Man, it's just... There's something surprisingly to me about the beat mentality that really draws me into it. I think it's the honesty. Like Allen Ginsberg, when he would do his poetry and at the end of his sets, he would take off all of his clothes and he would just stand there. And like when he would be citing poetry, people would be like, yeah, they'd be like cheering him on like it's fucking like actual music. You're like, get it. Fucking do it. That sounds great. Just keep going. And then at the end, he would just, he would strip down and stand there as they were clapping. And I guess it's easy to strip down when people are clapping, but regardless, <laughs> the beat. <laughs> Some people would fear losing that clap, that clap so much that they, they could not. But that's bear the that. thing, you know, doing music, you're a musician. You, you never know if it's going to be a good set or a bad set. You can kind of feel it, but Allen Ginsberg, he would get up there and strip down and he would present himself to the world. And to me, that's what the beat scene is. It's saying, look, I'm going to experience the heaven of the earth and the hell of the earth. And this is who I am, accept me or not. It doesn't matter. I'm going to do it. They experience a full spectrum. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've been attracted looking to music something. with... I get that. Yeah, looking for looking. something. And uh, any music that has that 
in it, that that search for something, that complete honesty. Totally. Like, uh, what's the um, Paul Simon song that I love to play on guitar? I'm spacing right now. Me and Julio down no, no, no. school yard. I'm sitting in a railway station, got my ticket to my destination. What's that one fucking called? Um, Homeward Bound. Oh, nice. Just, yes. just lyrics and stuff like that. I'm like, man, there's just some honesty to it. And that's a beat mentality to me. Honesty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the truth. The I mean, I, it's kind of all like the, the search, search, search for what is true or whatever, which yeah. is like such an insane notion. Or at least to the even proclamation like of something what is that meaning. rings true, but th there's something true about it. So, yes. search for truth. Very true. Very true. So you came here. I, I haven't even introduced. Well, I do do an intro before we actually get into this, which will be after technically. Hi, I'm Bobby May. But yeah, I'm here with Bobby May. Welcome to the Psychic Wave Podcast. <laughs> Oh my God! You know I'm gonna soundbite that for every episode. <laughs> Please, yeah, no. I'm thinking K Rock style or something. Yeah. But you came in here with just a ton of records. I know. I did. I for some reason I thought there was like I thought I get because when we do More the like Burger Records spot? Rock and Roll Radio Show podcast mm -hmm. or whatever, shout out, listen to it, download, stream it, uh, competition, and uh, uh, we play records. We we all like pull like four right. records and. I mean, but it, it runs about two hours. We everybody plays about four tracks. Like mm -hmm. everybody in the store, like Sean, Lee, me, Sharice, Wyatt, Patty, whoever guest is on the day, uh, store that day, Dennis, Brian, mm -hmm. uh, Maya. How do you? Are you playing just burger stuff? No, no. We, How do you get around? It's free. It's free, and there's some weird thing, and I'm not exactly sure. You can talk to my good friend Maya, who okay. does. He's our head engineer for the show okay. we haven't done it in about two months because because i've always been three scared of playing other music on here yeah yeah because they I, can they can zap you real quick yeah. yeah he gets around you you should uh but here's the funny thing I is mean, psychic wave is a screen printing company as well as like we're a merch company uh -huh. you know so they could technically make the case that Some, i am profiting yeah profit. yeah 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 but hmm. but basically i don't know who knows Totally. But so Burger has... You just got to play the super underground groups. That's what it's... I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Next time I know. And then when they get big, I get fucked. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, hopefully not. But you brought... Oh, okay, so Bobby May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Burger aficionado. Mm -hmm. You've been there I've, for about nine... No. I've been there... Eight, the store's getting close to nine years. I've been there about eight and a half years. Okay. Uh, but even before I... You know, I got I got in lucky out right out of high school as like a kid who like... How did you? Was like I was in? like that. Well, I used to go see the makeout party right back in the day, like uh, mid two thousands when they were playing like Fullerton Anaheim house parties. Mm -hmm. They took a real big like into the my class Fullerton class. Oh wait, uh, Matt Schmalfeld and Kyle Gibson yeah. and Cameron Crow. I've known Matt Thomas oh, Alvarez. Well, I, I haven't known Matt, but Matt has been in my life on and off without even oh, no him way. knowing it. He's, he's off you quit. He's he, no. yeah yeah yeah. His, or where he grew up. Let me you tell grew up next really year. quick, yeah, real quick story. So, like, I, one of my friends was playing a Battle of the Bands thing. Like, wait, Troy High School? Yes. I was probably there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was For definitely audacity. there. Yeah, yeah. They won. They beat Blacklist, Black, I remember, yeah. the so, freshman year. My friend, Casey Alexander, it was just her and another guy on drums. And no, no, there were three people, but they just did covers. They didn't write any original music mm -hmm. for that Battle of the Bands. And then I remember watching Audacity, which was like right. You guys went right after them or something. And I was just like, fuck. Do you remember what covers they played? They played an AFI cover. Okay. And, and then some, I think else. a Blink-182 totally. cover. Because I, I had a couple friends play like those. those There's like, I remember that year they were up against, like it seemed like the competition was Blacklist, this like local punk band that was like a couple years older than them. And then I remember right, be, I feel like before them, there was like these two dudes on acoustic guitars that kind of looked like jocks who played Layla. No, that wasn't it. That's the only other band I remember. And then there the was... The other band wasn't memorable because they played covers. Yeah. So well, I think no. Everybody... I remember my other my other friend's band did a cover of uh, Just Like Heaven by The Cure. Mm. And um, our good fr friend Ryan Diedrich was like wearing sunglasses and singing. So like new romantic, like oh, super yeah. passionate. And he he actually put on a killer performance. Like, the band probably was, was like all right, but he, yeah. he sold that shit. So my first interaction with Audacity was that. 
I went for my friend's Battle of the Bands thing. And then after that, we were all hanging out. Just I was there just to help because I had a truck. and I Oh, I had an amp, and they needed a bass amp. Oh, no. they, 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 their basses didn't have a bass amp. Uh, yeah, yeah, it sounds like Cameron. Cameron, <laughs> he, he's super, he lives super close to you. So I brought that, and we hung out, and I talked to Matt, and I wanted to buy a CD. And he was like, I don't have any more CDs, but we can burn you one. And I was like, oh, for sure. Well, I'll just pay you now. And he was like, okay, well, just give me your address. And I gave him my address because I lived on Fern Drive. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, his mom was the principal there, I think. Yeah, he was for, like, for oh, I'm like over there all the time. And I remember like waiting like every like morning I would look out when the mailman would come and I'd be like, is, is my CD coming today? And nothing for like four days. And by the fifth day, I had lost hope. And I see like, I hear something outside at like three in the morning. And I hear this car pull up. And I'm like, I'm looking out my window because I could see the mailbox from my window. And I see Matt get out and just throw something like in the mailbox and like, nice. like peel out totally. and drive on by. And uh, that's how I know Matt. Yeah. <laughs> he threw some, And it's Lovable funny, guy. I, I met him recently. And I told him that story, and he was like, "I fucking remember that." And I was yeah. like, "No, you probably don't. does." But I, he looked genuine, like he did. Totally, yeah. But it's, it was such a funny. It's weird what you early early fans, you know, like yeah. he just wanted to bat all the bands. He was probably like high as hell, like, "Oh my god, I'm, yeah. it's yeah. working!" And then you yeah. know, and then somebody's like, "I'll pay you for music." And it was like that's probably one of the first times that happened to him, where someone was like, "So I, I'm sure he probably does remember I, you." And then Hungry Bear, too. Oh, I know. I, I, I've never been there still to this day. But yeah, Hungry Bear. It's been there That's a minute. That's my family spot. Oh, it's your family my spot? Family goes Where's there, your like, family live? Or are you like... My family still lives here? on Fern Drive. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. But, no way. Yeah, but yeah, we used that, to live when I was growing up off of Gilbert. We lived on Gilbert between Malvern and Rosecrans. So like... Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Just the apartments right there. Yeah, yeah. But so I've always Amherst been Fullerton bound. Uh, not quite we were like pretty okay. shitty apartments yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> i know i know yeah for more sure. it was across from the capri apartments i don't know it's really oh, like okay so like right when it turns into gilbert like and there's like a yes. b- bunch yeah. of like uh-huh. houses and apartments on the yeah, right yeah. side exactly for the non-locals sorry yeah i know get out your google maps and look this up if yeah. you want to know about the town that's that's out here in but tiny the on audacity, the orange curtain the audacity uh, was the very first band that like I felt prideful and that was the first band that I liked. Me too, man. I'm still doing this because of them. It's I crazy. know, but that was the first band that I liked that wasn't like already Some... big. Like, oh yeah, that yeah. was the first band that I oh, like yeah. was rooting for that hadn't made still, it. Still, still am, man. God, come on, guys, you got this. Do something. I don't know, Cameron. Cameron's gone. That's I don't know. Yeah. So Audacity is doing Bud Overdose now. No. They're what, they're still working the... on Audacity. So okay. we got so Bud Overdose was kind of like an in it was like a side project almost and a total joke band. They first got together, they played a Halloween warehouse show in Brea like two years ago, and the idea was just to have like spontaneous songs like written in the last couple days and like covers, I'm sure. I actually missed that show because I was super recluse at that point. You guys actually played a uh, That was the only Fleet show. Oh yeah, go your own way at the Republic. At the Republic, yeah, which is now not totally. the Republic. It's going to be the Bird. I heard they sold the bar, and uh, when we announced, I th- it wasn't that show. We we played there maybe two months ago. This guy Ramblin' Rose booked us there with a uh, Telstar and uh, yeah, I was there. And, and Slaughterhouse. It was uh, I think it was Slaughterhouse. It was a good show actually. Wasn't there also this uh, Australian band, Big White? Oh no! I I wish we would have played with them. I like those guys a lot, but no, they they weren't there oh, at that sorry, show. They, they and I if they another buddy of mine. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. No, sorry. no, that was no, like no, a no, week later. So. It's all good. At the Republic. Yeah, the big white played at the Republic. Yeah. I bought them hot dogs. I was there because I went starting. to that. You're right. I totally went to that show too, and I actually saw them the next day in in Echo Park. I forget where they played like Lot One or something. Okay, that sounds yeah. right. They're really good. And I saw I saw him a few years ago, and like I remember seeing him in Lollipop. I don't know if the sound was bad; it was super crowded because it was so small. And they uh, like I was like, yeah, it's all right. But then when I saw him last time, yeah, yeah, props, guys, big white Australia. So just just to bring it back, but overdose, it, it was an offshoot oh, yeah, yeah. of Audacity. 
Yeah, yeah. Just like a side Jokey project? Jokey side project band, and even for like the first year, year and a half. Why does that come up? Why do, I, I see a lot of bands, especially that are really gaining traction, do offshoots. What, what's, uh, just, just to keep it fresh? I mean, no, I mean, it was like, kind of, yeah, just to do music. All that, like... Dude, Audacity burned rubber for like 10 years straight. Yeah. Like, no joke, like touring, like doing really these did. US tours and like, you know, like try to j- juggle in, but then just like, and where, you know, get in their late 20s, like people, people's lives change, priorities right. change. I like right. how you just said we're getting into our 20s. Our or lives what? are changing. <laughs> it's like you're sounding can, like a 50 year old you, man. Can, or can like you a put. I don't know, yeah, I, but funny. you know it is. You know, people, yeah. people, lives are changing. Some, some you know, thing, things change, scenes change. Like yeah. fucking, like five years is a long ass time. Like realistically, like when you yeah. look at like how yeah. some bands just like fizzle out even shorter than that, and they were like going pretty hard for ten years. Yeah, but four records and a handful of singles and like countless U.S. tours, couple European tours, like yeah, man, like and. Uh, Cameron stepped out a few years ago. And so he's awesome. Were you one of the original members of Audacity? No, I but uh, I, I so I met Matt in freshman year, and I met Cameron the uh, the the year before Matt's freshman the lead year. Singer Matt's the lead singer. Cameron was, was bass basis? player. Yeah, sorry, okay. I, I talk I talk about these people like everybody knows them. Why wouldn't no, it's they? Okay. No. It's my job. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah, to yeah totally. That. And then uh, I met Kyle Gibson shortly after. Him and Matt were the the original core of audacity they were playing together since they were in fifth grade wow. uh, yeah when they first started their band their very first band was called non-toxic <laughs> and that was fifth grade and they had uh they had their other friend chuck mordaunt on drums and then cole wilson on bass and they play they changed their name to uh the plaid after that i think this is all before because i met them freshman the year but i know my Why history do i feel like i I uh, remember there's that probably too. there's probably way too many plat the plaids out oh, there okay. by now, but this is pre yeah. MySpace years, so you couldn't even know if there were bands out there called the plaid. Like, so just pre MySpace in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. This is like I mean sixth grade or something for them, and then they were after the plaid. They were the attachments. When I met them, they were the attachments, which I thought was a baller name. Still yeah. do. It's super good. But but then. Uh, Sometime very early freshman like year, the they became Audacity, and that pretty much stuck. Yeah, they lot the rhythm section. Chuck Mordaunt, Cole Wilson, both like left, kind of quit, fired, whatever. I don't know. Uh, the band changed, and when Cameron and Thomas came in, that's really when they started like really playing. But there's like dozens and dozens of originals that those they wrote before they were uh, Audacity. Yeah, but. Audacity, Power Drowning, 2007 is like the first album. Yeah. And, that, and there was like a cassette tape, I believe, before that. Uh, the Anne Frank tape used to, there's a li- it used to be a liquor store, Vincent's Liquor. And we used to buy booze there illegally. And so that's why <laughs> Vincent's Liquor is on the cover. They were the best couple ever. Th- they were super sweet. The, the, the Audacity's beginnings to me were such a fun time for me, even though I really only saw yeah. them once or twice because it was I like. I can't go back. It was my <laughs> beginnings. Like it was my beginnings of like being a part of something, and it was so much fun. Yeah, but so I wonder if there's the- other people feel like I'm sure there's other people who feel like you, but I know like well, it's weird talking about it to somebody who like I, I don't know you super I, well at you all. Just really, met me. yeah, yeah, pretty much. So to, me some records, to be talking to you about that, that's that's kind of nuts. Yeah, they got they totally showed me like you could be a band like I at times definitely would like consider myself like that fifth member or whatever. Like I would go to shows and straight up like freak out. You know how like Velvet Underground had their dancer. I was like the, but the, the teenage backflipper or something. I yeah. would go crazy at times. I really would. Like they inspired me that, that much. And it was crazy. And then it was weird seeing them like, like get out of the, you know get out of town and start playing these other places and starting to go on like even but smaller tours but tours and that felt really weird that I, I was a, like left behind was sad should have jumped in the van kids had, jump in the van um uh a tony hubbubaloo uh i met him at the continental room i had him on the podcast oh awesome i gotta he, listen to that one he was uh talking about a time when he was in New York and 
like some bartender at some show they just rolled up to that they were going to set up for like started flipping out because they were like asking too many questions and he was like throwing symbols and their hi hats at them. Oh yeah. And then he was saying he like he got thrown out of the bar and he's on the ground and he looks up and from the sidewalk he's looking up and he sees Matt standing over him and he's like, "What are you doing in New York?" <laughs> and I guess they were on a tour too. So the audacity was in New York what? when um who's Tony playing with? Uh Tony was it's playing like, with uh Pipsqueak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pipsqueak. Totally. That's what, what my guess would have been. And uh, that was just a super funny thing. But to bring it all back, the audacity was my introduction to, hey, this is, like, possible? Yeah, yeah. That was so I weird for so. me because, like... They were really good, too. They're, <laughs> I mean... But I feel like we grew up... Well, wait, how old are you? Are I'm you? 28 now, yeah. Okay, I'm 24, so I, I feel like I share a lot of similar memories with totally, you. Oh, yeah, you, know yeah I mean? you were, like, a... Could have been a senior or whatever, and yeah, yeah. overlaps very but, much. So I grew up, I think we both grew up in a time where like corporate rock was huge. Yeah, it was super lame. Super I, lame. My, my, my stuff wasn't, I don't know. You really had to dig for stuff that wasn't corporate rock because there was no Spotify. MySpace was just starting. If you knew underground music, it's because you were like able to go out and go see it. And the Audacity for me was one of the first groups that made me realize that like, oh shit. Like this thing is possible in the two thousands. You can like make a band. Yeah, yeah, like a yeah. band is a real thing. Still, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like real, real rock. Real rock with some real heart so, and like the spontaneous. Yeah. The, the rawness. So of speaking it. of spontaneous, you but overdose. Yeah, yeah. So that. you've been playing. You had been playing with the Audacity for how long? And then they started. But well, overdose? well, I uh, I've been like hanging out with those guys for the longest time. We probably. It probably got started about three years ago. I missed the very first show, but I made damn sure I was included on the second. I was super fat. I was like, but you're going to have, you're going to overdose on buds without your bud. So <laughs> come on. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, no, I was definitely there for the second show and we would go in, done all kinds of zany things. We are for a long time. Our thing was like, write a sh- at least a song each show and shows used to be really in between. And, you know, we go two months, three the first year was like every two months we'd play a show mm-hmm. and then the second year was like oh, maybe once a month and now it's been like multiple times a month yeah. we, and we have like 30 at least probably close to 30 originals and like a good dozen covers and just things we can whip out on the fly weird weird long extended jams it's it's been uh, it's been a long strange trip already <laughs> uh but that's yeah that's me Kyle Gibson and Matt Schmalfeld from Audacity. Caleb Plone, who since can't, uh, he's currently playing bass in uh, Audacity. He's he's known those guys longer than me. He's known those guys since junior high, and they were like a weird weirdo hardcore group of friends at uh, Parks <laughs> Parks Junior High. I they, went to Parks. You went to Parks. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. They're both Parks kids, and by uh, Caleb too, and he's killing it on bass. And then. Uh, we have Mike G, uh, Mike Gonzalez playing drums in our uh, uh, band. He's from Weird Night. Used to be White Night, but he uh, used to be back in the day. It was ter- Pterodactyls, like an Audacity party day. So it was Damn, Pterodactyls was the this band. This is just an endless chain of people. <laughs> yeah, like, this scene like, net, like has a, really evolved, web. man. Yeah, it yeah. really has. It's, people know. I don't know. Stay, stay connected. Stay connected. Oh my gosh! So. Do you think that you cut your teeth as a musician more uh, picking up with the Audacities or with Bud Overdose? Because no, you're writing more music with Bud Overdose than I yeah, would, yeah, no, would guess you did with Audacity. Totally. Well, I was never in Audacity. No, you weren't? No, I was never in Audacity. Oh, I was, I'm, uh, I'm so mistaken then. W- there'd be, like, no, yeah. I wouldn't even, I'd be like at practices and stuff. Okay. Like, but I was definitely like the friend. Like, I was always super. I don't know. Like, I never had to feel like a lot of the people I knew at that age. Yeah, please. A lot of people I knew at that age, I like, they all had like a partner that they really clicked who they could jam with. But right. I, ne- I never found like a real true partner where I was comfortable jamming. Sorry, I, I got confused when you were talking about Cameron dropping out. Oh, yeah. Cameron dropped out. And then, uh, and then Caleb joined. Caleb. And joined. so right now, okay. so it's so- still Thomas, Kyle, and Matt. Mm-hmm. And now they've had a few different players. Uh, Bass players, but uh, right now it's been for the longest duration. Right now it's been Caleb. Okay, 
And just, I mean, it comes down to like band chemistry and knowing someone for that long. Like sure. he's a really great fit. Yeah. Like as far as like that band is so, uh, so the, the inside jokes are like endless. Endless. Oh, yeah. And like the lingo and the talk and the walk in the walk. It, it, I'm just starting to I, get that I way. I know it. I don't want, if you get us, get us all here. You should have Bud Overdust on the show. That'd be fucking hilarious. I would love that. But five people is a lot to talk to, I guess. Well, you know, I just actually bought a bunch of new equipment. I got a bunch more. I, I got a bunch more new mics. And, Sick. Uh, I love it. A bunch of stuff. So, you know. It I'm, looks great in here. I'm, I'm calibrating to get more bands in. And you know what's great? Because if you have a podcast, but you make everyone wear headphones, they don't talk over each other. Because uh, it's so loud directly yeah, no, yeah. in your ear. I've, I've done that, that sometimes for the radio like, show. You know that you're like, oh, oh this person's back. talking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's so great. So you can have five or six people on and still make going. it. I mean, but people do get pretty hammered on this podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Most deaf. <laughs> so it can get pretty tricky. But so Bud Overdose starts. And by this time, how long had you been working at Burger? When I, uh, what year is it? Uh, 2015, I guess. Uh, I think that, well, okay. So like October, 2015, I think was the first Bud OD show, but overdose, you know, it goes by multi. It's not like a fucking set name. I call it overdose. Sometimes we call it OD. I've called it both. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, it's been both on flyers. Uh, Tess, can you, can you do me a favor? Can you get, um, uh, one more beer? Cause we we left these, these are super warm ones and I don't want to give them. This one's good. Mine's good. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. That's cool. come on. Uh-uh. We let these ones sit out since we first started playing music in here. Yep. That's all good. Trust me. These Cicates are 18 Speaking for like $14, uh, yeah, dude. No. Like, yeah, we have credit to spare. Yeah. We're good. If you don't know, I'm I'm happy with a cheap, warm beer. Okay. I don't care. But so 2015, <laughs> October 2015. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean, let's call it. Let's call it early 2016. I've been playing with them. So at this point, I'd been at the shop working probably about six years. Uh, okay. Yeah. And your duties at Burger Records, what were they when you started? Uh, when I started putting together tapes, uh, taking out the trash, <laughs> uh, like filing and organizing stuff, um, cleaning up, just learning stuff, hanging out. It was super non-professional intern type thing yeah it was literally like walking distance to my house granted it was like 40 minutes walking but i could do it and uh yeah i just go there when i found out that they were opening a record store in fullerton instead of anaheim i flipped i internally flipped out i could not believe it okay let me tell you are you a fullerton local (laughs) yeah uh i grew up in fullerton i was born in jersey and i moved out here at a really young age i moved off harbor boulevard down by b&b donuts when i was yeah uh let's see i was probably about three years old so that's still more that's anaheim though no no yeah no uh north and uh north b&b is like the one with the oh it's the nice one it's across from the in and out kind of by the denny's it's like uh Oh shit! I used to yeah I, yeah, yeah. I used to live it's, off of hill. It's right north. Yeah yeah totally. We're uh, hills right runs right, right here. here. Yeah, yeah yeah totally. Um, Sorry, I I was mixing it up with uh, M and M Donuts in Anaheim. Oh yeah yeah, great place too. Yeah. But B and B, yeah no they, they we used to go through the drive through and they have my clear with custard ready. Like they know, <laughs> they know me. High school, you could buy cigarettes there through the drive through without ID. Oh shit. Yeah, see I know all the spots, but you're too young now, listeners. I know, gone. dude. I did gone. not know that was a possibility. Yeah yeah totally. I, I never really smoked in high school, but I know like the cool girls who did. They uh, they all went yeah. there. That's crazy. So how does this happen though? I mean, you're you're walking 40 minutes to go to Burger, yeah, yeah. which is at at that time in Anaheim. No, it's still Fullerton. Oh, so it's still so Fullerton. so they went that was the thing. It was like they had like their when it was just a label, it was like the the headquarters was in uh Anaheim. I think at one point it was like a, this crash spot where Dan Bush and Sean Borman from the Makeup Party lived. Not crash spot, but it was their spot. And then I think it was Lee's address. He grew up on uh, Rancho Del Rio in Anaheim. Shout right. out. He, he yeah. grew up on a straight up ranch. He, yeah. I was reading a little bit. And he was like <laughs> raising horses. And yeah, stuff. yeah. Totally. And he it's was saying that good. that kind of uh, transferred into learning how to run a business. And Yeah, um, yeah. Totally. And the day-to-day, like just the work ethic for sure. Right. Definitely. Uh, 
So their their headquarters at that time, when they were just yeah, a, they, a record or a label, was Anaheim. Anaheim, and then they moved to Fullerton, mm-hmm. and I was hyped. And so yeah, I would just go there. I used to walk from my house. So like mo- most since third grade, I moved, uh, like third grade through high school, I lived off South Pomona, which is uh, behind the Burlington Co Factory down there. Okay, yeah, 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 totally. And I used to walk to Tower Records in Brea, which is a good three plus miles wow, to, to Bird dude. Street. Yeah, I, wow. yeah, I used to walk that far. They carried vinyl. It's probably more than three miles. You're actually probably right. It's Back probably, in my day, I used to walk three miles in the summer half. heat to go to Tower oh, Records. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's gone. What a trip. I know. And that the sign's still there. there. Yeah. Take it down, please. It's yeah. an open wound for me. It's pretty... I, that's like... That's the Empire Records that didn't make it. Yeah, yeah, super. I still haven't seen that documentary. I can't. Uh, oh, I'm just. Uh, which uh, Colin Hanks, who shopped at Burger Records before the Black Keys show at the Honda Center. Shout out, Colin. <laughs> he came in and Sean recognized him. He's like, "You're Colin Hanks, right?" It was totally was. <laughs> nice, good, good guy. So you're doing this trek to Burger Records. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but. But how does the job opportunity come up? I so okay. So one day I'm walking to Tower Records. I'm even more aimlessly walking, like I'm kind of headed in that direction. But I was just You're like trying to wait for a friend to come. Pick no, it was in a fight with my parents. You know, <laughs> uh, I just like left home. Yeah. It was just like where to go? You go the fuck. Yeah, that's a long way fuck away. Fuck you, dad. You'll never no. understand me. No, it was more like fuck you, mom. but but yeah yeah totally mom was the one but yeah yeah, so you're walking aimlessly after this fight just because you're like i'm gonna be out of the house yeah 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 totally and i was just going and right where lion's field is where uh, harbor splits into brea i was going at brea and this van goes by and they're like i see this hand and then they circle back around i smell weed even before i get in the van i think i i'm probably i'm 18 at this point and they're like, hey, what are, you, what are you doing? You look sad. Get in the van. Get in the van. It's the all four members of the makeout party and probably like another person or two. Mm-hmm. And we end up going back to that first address in Anaheim where they ran the label. And they were hanging out, watching Mystery Science Theater, smoking weed, just being super chill. <laughs> being and, nerds. And they were playing a show in L.A. that night. <laughs> and they're like, do you want to come? This is, I can't remember the name of the bar even. And they're like, but we're playing the bar. We'll sneak you in. And I was like, yeah, of course. Like they were super. And they're like 25, which is a trip that I'm older than them now. That blows my mind. But, oh wow! But yeah, they snuck me into the bar. It was super success. I remember it was like spot. Uh, like they had these Billy D. Williams or the Colt Forty Five. They had all these like uh, coasters, and I, I still have like a souvenir Billy D. Williams coaster, Colt Forty Five oh, coaster. Yeah, I just they killed I it just that read, night. Makeout party. It was Shout Colt Forty Five, and somebody else was throwing the show too. Another fucking. It was Colt 45 and somebody, but I just read this today when I was... I do research when I have totally, my Totally, yeah. No, he was like the... He was the badass Colt 45 guy back in the day. And it, it was weird, but you so know, this is like mid So that's when They just found you Yeah, walking. yeah. They picked me off the street. That's like the... That's the good story. That's the really good story. I'd kind of seen... You know, like, seen him at parties before, before, but that was the first time there was like any sort of a bond. Like, they picked me up in a van off the street. Right. That's what happened. That's a good bond. That's either going to be a really great bond yeah. or a really bad bond. But they opened the record store. You know, I'm fanat- I'm obviously down to walk two hours a tower or whatever the hell it was. Right. Like 40 minutes is close to me. Honestly, I could even take the bus. You know, it runs down Orange Thorpe. And so I was super hyped and I would hang out there a lot. Like, and Just I re- because you knew the guys now and you had yeah. that bond. So you thought, hey, I'm going to go see what they're up to. Yeah. And I remember there was a Glass House show. In December of 2008, with uh, or nine, and it was no, it was Black Lips, No Bunny Audacity, and I was drunk. And I was like <laughs> 19 at this point. I'm like, it was right after I turned 19. It was like, I asked Sean, like, hey, like, I want to work at the store. He was like, yeah, come by Monday. And, and I did, and I just kept coming by, and I kept coming by. And wow. it's been like crazy. I've, I've gone on, you know, I've like left for months at a time, like touring with bands and stuff, mm-hmm. but I've always pretty much come back to that. It's been my, my rock, my solid job for the past there are eight plus s- years. You know, after going there more frequently in the past three, four years, there are faces there 
that just yeah. <laughs> become the burger faces. Totally. You're yeah, one yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah, and, totally. Most um, of nobody really ever leaves completely. Nobody ever cult leaves. in that you, way. You guys but. have your your group. You do what you do. Every time I come in, you guys are pricing new records or you know, just pulling some stuff in. It, yeah. And it's just this funny little thing. And that's why I love going there because you guys are just like, this is the burger family. They're doing what they do. Yeah, and thank that's you. what they do. It's amazing they can make it work. It's kind of crazy. I mean, so do you have somebody still... because you guys have a really lax and laid back thing that you're doing there, but at the same time, Burger is making some big shit happen. Yeah, yeah. Burger yeah. is doing festivals or booking gigs that are hard people to get. Yeah. Who who is really like do you guys do it all together or who's like really taking care of the business side of things? Sh- Sean and Lee are still like obviously the the heart and the, right. the I he- see Sean the head lot. of the the label, you know, like they do it their decision making and like the curation and the ideas and the art. It it mo- mainly comes from them. Sharice does she does a lot of good art direction for us, but Lee still does I mean like between, she she's done poster stuff and she's awesome. She's Sean's girlfriend. They've been going out for a good number of years, but like she's a big part of the company now too. Like mm-hmm. when she she just came into the fold and been had something to offer. Since. Yeah, yeah, totally. She's an amazing artist and like an incredible talent and like so so off the wall with like insane ideas. She uh, she does this uh weird class is what she calls calls her thing and she does like secondhand clothes at least in the store she does like a lot of secondhand clothing but then she does art and like homemade jewelry and earrings she'll do like like nug earrings or like yeah. birth control earrings some off the wall like that yeah. she's very cool and politically incorrect jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> kyle gibson's calling me oh i missed it uh Kyle I just Gibson. moved in with him oh, okay. a month ago, so I'm living off. Who's who's Kyle Gibson? Kyle Gibson Audacity. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I moved into Matt's old room. Oh, okay. Got he it. Moved out. I moved in. Yeah, Matt's been on a crazy adventure. Yeah, he just recently. moved to Long Beach. He's in Hawaii right now. He's he's been playing guitar in Pangea. Yeah, yeah. Like, I saw a bunch of that. You know, the Audacity I, cast. I caught him off guard Audacity. because he was. I think something happened with tour. Just it was like a couple hours late or a couple days late. And he was going to come on the podcast, and he was actually picking up a friend from Joshua Tree. And he was like, I can do the podcast by phone, but I just wasn't set up to do that yet. And I was like, don't worry about it, dude. Get your friend from Joshua Tree, and like, I will see you another time. And it was super funny because that dude's just all over, man. Like, he's what is he playing in Pangea? Guitar, guitar definitely okay. yeah yeah he's an excellent excellent lead guitarist i think he does like some rhythm back i still haven't seen him with pangea i haven't either totally but pangea has a lot of um super catchy great songs totally. right now man totally i haven't listened to him lately i've been like close and toured with those guys and then not close and not toured with those guys i oh. i still i i got love for all of them for me going back to the thing i was like i root for audacity so hard and there was like I remember when those minds started meeting. That was more like 2008, 2009. Like, what them playing the smell was like weird. Like, you know, I was like, they're like the L, it was like the LA Audacity or something. There was, like, they were, uh, but they've never, they've like claimed Audacity as an you know, influence, but I'm still like, God, God, why did, you know, I'm, gl- I'm glad they're doing good. I'm super glad they're doing good. Well, I, I mean, I've seen Bud OD. Or Bud Overdose, whichever yeah, one you prefer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, more recently than Bud-O-D. I've seen uh, Audacity. I know. Yeah, we play a lot. Audacity hasn't really been playing. They've been working, but it's like... You guys rocked the fucking Republic that night. You really did. Thank you. And it's, the thing is... It's you, been getting better. I feel like... I feel like our, I mean... Lots of bands come into be, this right? thing with... Uh, they come into rock and roll with this attitude. But Bud O.D., you guys came into it and you guys were just fucking grooving. You could tell how close you guys are as We'd friends. We'd be such a weird fight. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I mean, and, and yeah. watching you guys, like, even watching you guys, like, w- because you're learning new songs and trying to do new songs, totally. I can see as a musician, m- the crowd wouldn't really know people that don't play music, but as a musician, I can tell when, like, something went a- totally. awry. Those, 
All four of those guys are amazing. To play. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm never. So, so I can see yeah, when yeah. something like goes awry as a musician, and I can see that little like look that you guys give each other. But it's so funny because you guys, this is fun. You yeah. guys save so quick for a lot for a long time. I like almost we like we kind of cherish those moments. Like they're, they're, so, they're, they're like back to the realness and the rawness of rock and roll. Like yeah. it's like if you can redeem it, and like the worst, like the worst would just be pissed. Like. Nobody's ever been like you're fucking up the part. I mean, maybe if we're trying trying to learn something, but nobody ever gets angry about it. No. You know, it's like a, a a simple correction. If at most, I know there are songs I played wrong for sets, five five six sets, and In I realized row, yeah. that there was like some weird thing that I I, I was like, you just missed. You're playing that chord. Yeah, like, you just why missed. Why do you tell you? And the, it's like, even if it like works in the the structure, like it wasn't. It totally was not. But there were, uh, thank you thank you for noticing there's chemistry there definitely yeah. is like i said we've known each other for fucking ever and it's uh those guys are so fucking talented the, all four of them like beyond talented uh and i there's plenty of moments where i felt like the the least talented one but in the, oh in it, every band it, you're gonna yeah, feel like yeah, that I once know. or twice it's, so far <laughs> it's been that way <laughs> <laughs> no but, man I mean, the one time I saw you, your your uh, amp did cut out on oh, you. Oh, yeah, I know. That was the worst. But at least it was the last song. And that's, it was. That song's like... They tried to drag it can on be like, for you guys. No, or, I usually do a saxophone solo in that song <gasps> is the thing. What happened? Yeah. No sax uh, that night? No, because... It, you played through the same amp. Uh, usually, what I was doing for a minute, that song's called Full Sail, and we... Uh, we we uh, I loop my bass pedal at one point and mm-hmm. then I bring out a saxophone and I do some like oh god free, free type stuff over okay. it and uh, more of a noise instrument but you know some some uh, it was fun man you guys still kept it going yeah no it was I mean and that's I mean it was fucking haphazard I don't think that's rock and roll baby uh gotta keep going i think a couple people were like oh sorry that sucked and i was like i honestly did not i mean it was kind of a bummer but no, at least it was the no, last song no. if it would have been it, the middle song right that would have been fucking terrible because yeah. then it i would just been out it did not the set did not suck it was just that's that's rock and roll baby yeah just keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah and you everybody else just oh i think i got on the mic i was doing some like yeah, some suicide. Some funny ass shit. New York's suicide. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, suicide's one of the big influences of MGMT as well. Totally, yeah. Gap Dream, motherfucker. That's it. That shit. That's just some nihilistic show. Like, so, I, I think so I would. Gap Dream, you, you played. Are, you, you played with them recently. My right? band lineage is long and not very releaseful. My very <laughs> first band was The Crooks, which I started with Cameron from Audacity. Or fourteen, I played drums, and we did a Joy Division cover. We, uh, or no, it was Warsaw pre Joy Division. Warsaw, three one G. That's uh, or uh, seen the troubles and the evils of this world. Oh, <laughs> I can't even titles. You know, brain racing too fast. To so the crooks, I was in the jizz with my friend George Davidovich and uh, Cameron. They were really the main two dudes. Like that, Cameron and George were. They'd play off each other, and uh, I was the third one, and I'd play keyboard and. I drum with my penis. It was like a funny, stupid thing <laughs> I would do. We never played live, so it was like in a bedroom. It was like male adolescent behavior for yeah. sure. Like we were called the jizz for God's sake, yeah. you know. You but got, there's if you go on MySpace, the there's I, I, I guarantee if you go on MySpace, there's probably some jizz shit on there still. <laughs> we we, some, we had enough. There's a lot of jizz yeah. I did yeah no I don't yeah. <laughs> so. We're at the end of this. Oh, we are already. We are. It's Damn. about an hour, baby. Oh, I thought what you, I thought you said it was two hour show. Well, it's not a two hour show. When you talked, it was like it's we usually um, go an hour and people usually hang out. Okay. Like, so I was just like, oh, a time frame. No, can can I can I wrap up my band chronology really quick? Yeah, I'll do, do it, it super fast. Yeah. After I was in the jizz, we had Angry Christians. That was me, Camera Crow, Kayla Plone from Bud Audacity, and uh, from Bud, Bud Overdose and Bud Audacity. <laughs> Bud Audacity. And and uh, and then I was in Salsa Chips with Matt and Jessica Perlman and Jamie Perlman and Jessica Vasquez, and it was like our twee thing then i joined gap dream i was in there a couple years that was fun and i did the foul girls for a couple uh, for fat ass tour and a ton of shows and that was better and now i'm in but overdose and this is the most organic project i've had yet nice and it's really good
All right. That just about does it for this episode of the Psychic Wave podcast with our guest, Bobby May. Uh, Thanks again to Bobby May for coming out and chatting, sharing some beers, showing me some new records. Old records, but new to my ears. And uh, if you want to see Bobby, go to Burger Records. Go buy some records and uh, hang out and talk to him and make sure you let him know that you listen to the podcast. I'm sure he'll he'll find that uh, very exciting. But if you want to follow Psychic Wave on Instagram, you can follow us at The Psychic Wave. And if you want to follow my personal account, it's at Andrew Sanishin. Sanishin is spelled S-A-N-Y-S-H-Y-N. Other than that, I mean, I got some more podcasts coming up for you guys, and man, a a lot of stuff, but you don't need to know right now. All you need to know is that Bobby May was a great guest. We had a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed it. Anyway, have a great day. I love you. (laughs) 